2: Put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
1: Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody, here on 670. The score, get a chance to talk a little Justin Fields. Curious what your thoughts are. You think QB1 is just... Gonna be as good as everyone thinks he's gonna be, and I mean, if you are high on that, I'd love to hear that too. Because I'm, a, I'm a big why guy. Why? Why do you feel that way? Not that I don't. Okay, Matt Nagy. I wish I knew the reference right there.
0: Matt Nagy. you've always wanted to know the why. Ah, remember? You you put that trauma out of your head. I literally for him and him and Mitchy. I'm just like I try not to remember what they've said, what they do. That I'm sorry that I even put it back out there. No problem. in your atmosphere.
1: Well, I do want to know from you guys what you think about or what is the why for Justin Fields. If you feel like he is going to be that dude. I think, I think more people need to hear the why for Justin Fields instead of, come on, he got a better offensive line. Come on, he got DJ Moore now.
0: The whys. Thank you, Cesar. At, at, at this point, nice job, Cesar. At this point, there is, I, I have to say, like as we sit here right now, a lot of people would just be going on faith. With Justin Fields right now. They believe. You believe. You believe because, you know, I've kind of made it my mini project to get more out of those that speak about Justin Fields more than just he's a great leader and he shows up first and leaves last and all that stuff, which I've talked about a million times. It's incredibly important. But, like, to get actual evidence that he might be moving in the right direction and – Right now, the coaches might not even have it because it's just so basic throughout the off-season workouts. And we'll start to see more of it in training camp. But it's hard to say. Like we could tell you that the footwork is better and that maybe his timing has sped up a little bit on some plays. You know, to where you could see he's much more conscious or cognizant of it and you know working on it. So a work in progress, but. That's the kind of minutia we're talking about right now, in terms of like making a case that he's going to be great. And someday. it's t- and it's tough, Groats, because
1: the assumption, like, it's like a guy you see on the field, and you're like, oh my god, he's so fast, so strong, so athletic. This guy's probably going to be a really good quarterback. But the, there's so much more to the position. There's so much more you have to do. It's such a it's such a mind bending uh, uh, space to be in. And only elite people and elite athletes can 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 perform at a high level in that space. And so I think about quarterbacks that are, that are good, but they still make that costly mistake. Or they are good, and they, Jay Cutler, and you can't help but to throw it off your back foot, even though you know throwing off your back foot is probably going to lead to an interception. You still can't help yourself. But what do you do the next play when you come back on the field? You throw a 60-yard dot. To Brandon Marshall. So people still feel good about you. And I think that's the space that Justin Fields is in for me. Where he's going to give you plays that make you believe he is amazing. But the inability to do it consistently is going to leave him back where he is right now. And I, and I, and, I, and that, that's the tough part about it. So I know you were taking notes. And I love when you do that. Because I know you got good thoughts over there. But I want to lead you into those thoughts by saying... You know, why it's over 2,800 yards, which is what Vegas has the over-under for Justin Fields at? Why
0: do I think Yeah, why, over 20? Why,
1: what's the why there?
0: The why there is that that doesn't seem like a very high hurdle to overcome. And maybe it's just because I hear those numbers and I think about this NFL that you want to win, you have to be there. So maybe it's my own version of faith that <laughs> – with and I can say all the same same old stuff. Yeah. I mean, DJ Moore will make a difference. Having an offensive line in in place from the first OTA on will make a difference. Chase Claypool in this offense having a full off season. Well, I shouldn't say that he's injured. I hope he'll be in training camp, and that will make a difference as well. So there's a lot of different factors to lead me to believe that at least he's got the weapons this time, and. I think that he can make at least 2,800 yards out of that and maybe just a little bit over, which means I take the over.
1: 20 quarterbacks threw for over 2,800 yards last year. 20 of them. 20. The lowest yardage belonging to Dak Prescott, 2,800, and Dak only played in 12 games. So that's why. I have two words for you when it comes to Justin Fields and whether or not he'll be able to throw for over 2,800 yards. Luke Getzey. Okay, and why well, he won't be able to No I, I'm saying what, what's going to determine whether or not he does. because okay. the real question that we should be asking, and it shouldn't be we shouldn't be focusing on a DJ Moore or an offensive line, but it's will the Bears offense be able to change enough in order to put them in a position, put Justin Fields in a position
0: to be throwing the ball for over 2,800 yards? I think that's what they're going to go for. I think that they can talk about adjusting to the game all they want right now and, hey, we just want to win whatever we have to do to win. But I think that their plan going into this season will be to put Justin Fields in position to, as a whole, as a symbolic number, to have 2,800 yards this year. And if things go badly, at least you know that Luke Getzey has the capacity to indeed adjust, strip it down – and run the football, and have success, in, but not necessarily win, but some of that had to do with the defense.
1: I want to take so. you to, a, to a, a, a time in last year's schedule, Grody. And it was when the Bears fans were begging Luke Getzy to throw the ball over 30 times. Begging. Please, please let Justin Fields have one game where he throws the ball He has over 30 attempts begging. And then I remember it was hey, uh, like I said, I'm going to take you to the stretch of
0: games here where it was. Be careful what you wish for.
1: You're going up against Detroit, the worst passing off defense in the league. You're going up against Atlanta, the second worst passing offense or passing defense in the league. You know how many times Justin Fields threw the ball in those two games? 20 and 21, respectively. I remember. Against the worst. Passing defense and, and, in the end I knew you'd remember this. And,
0: well, I remember we made that a couple shows leading yeah, up to it talking yeah, about yeah, that. Did. Like it was the strategy for that This is, that we, this this is, is it. Week. <laughs> this is it.
1: So that's what I'm saying. away.
3: So like the way Stacy King. <laughs> We're Kingston. going to
0: Detroit.
1: <laughs> oh, Justin Fields. <laughs> or, bet it. Over. For yeah. 280 oh, yards. Yeah. Over. Bet it. Wasn't
0: that the weird... Ending where David Montgomery made a mistake at the end. Uh, was it David I've Montgomery it all...
1: or was it Atlanta was the one where they dropped the ball, right? <sighs> the, the guy was there for like one week and he, right, he dropped the ball right. to the wide receiver yes. his name. yeah, me too. But but my point oh, is, was no. the, okay. the point that I'm making is that having a new offensive being doesn't then necessarily mean that Luke Getzey all of a sudden opens the playbook and and, and calls all these plays for... for for Justin Fields to throw the ball that we much, can
0: sure open it up more than he did. He could last year. I mean, come on, man. You don't think that DJ Moore that like, adds a hope. chapter to the playbook? I mean, like maybe a a pop up page or two like that he gets that DJ Moore can produce. So hey. I understand. Like it sounds to me. Can I ask you a question?
1: I love when you ask me questions.
0: This is my question. You're dude. one of the few co-hosts that I have to ask me. Oh, me we'll say we'll I will. You know what? What do we got? Another? I'm going to ask you about 50 minutes oh. worth of questions. Oh, I, I love think. this. I'm here for this. Now, my question to you is: Do you? You don't. Bl- I'll say this. You could tell me whether it's it's true or not. Okay. I'm changing my. I'm here for way this. to do this. You do not have faith in and Cl- Chase Claypool or Darnell Mooney to be a, a good foil for D.J. Moore, do I do. You? Oh, you do? I absolutely then do. Then why don't you think there could be a a difference in this offense this year? Like, why don't you believe that D.J. Moore can completely change the way defenses have to attack the Bears and that you are going to have some real weapons, assuming health?
1: I think that what my where my thought goes is the Bears had the worst offense in the league. I just expect them to be better Mm -hmm. I don't expect them to be top 12 jump jump up right so so when you're asking like do do I see this stuff yes I think Chase Claypool is going to help DJ Moore I think Cole I think they're all going to help each other right in terms of productivity even Justin Fields and I think the Bears will be better again you're 3 and 14 you have to be better right Mm -hmm. but I don't think it's going to be this astronomical jump that everyone is saying and I think I think that's where what I'm arguing for. It's not that the Bears are gonna remain at the bottom of the NFL in offensive productivity.
0: Incremental improvement. It's incremental what, improvement. Yeah, okay. I, I, it's that. Well, that's a very measured can, approach. Can DJ so. Moore
1: get a thousand yards next season? Do I feel strongly about that? Yeah. Do I think Justin Fields can throw for over twenty yards, twenty eight hundred yards next season? Yes. Do I
0: think they're gonna do it this year? No, I think that's gonna be they're gonna be working towards that. Okay. So you look at you're sticking with a De- somewhat developmental year three or four more wins and that's i mean it's a very measured approach and uh, gr- like like i have told you before there's no way bears fans will put up with that eight games <laughs> it's into the too season. logical it's too well no i mean now they might i'm just saying once the season starts and the bears are improved right let's say they're four and six Do you think bears fans are going to be like yep. hey they're improved i don't think so I think so. Really? Let's wait and see. At four and six? I mean, because
1: what's if the, the expectation are... there? Five and five? What's the expectation is what I'm saying? Mm. Not six and uh, four. Oh I,
0: oh, I know that's – that. like, the expectation probably should be that the Bears would – could very well be 4 and 6 like that'd be plausible yeah. it would be good i just can't imagine a scenario where we're sitting here taking bears calls or any of the shows are taking uh, bears calls and they're like hey i'm just you know i'm like this is we're living it up we're 4 and 6 look at the improvement no, I, we've matched our wins no wait we're over our wins yeah. from last year
1: i think i think uh, bears uh, yeah. fans are savvy enough to my, you know us included yeah. that we're savvy enough to then to th- what we will be complaining about as bears fans is the margins that you can fix to be better next year. Like you're we're like, oh, you're four and six, yeah, you're four and six. And if, you know, the Bears had anybody that can create, you know, a pass rush, they'd be better. Like you they're gonna be able to pinpoint things in areas that are wrong as opposed to saying, like, this roster construction is terrible. Justin Fields needs to go. Like, I don't think that's what it's gonna be. I just think they're gonna be able to pinpoint what it is, whereas last year it was everything. It's just everything. So, nobody wanted to complain because it was like, everybody sucks. This year, it's like, yeah, you know, okay, we're better. And, man, if we just had
0: this, yeah, then the Bears could be in the playoffs. All right, I got another question for you. Okay. Here's my next question for you. Who will lead – I was asked this question. Oh, I love this. Who will lead the Bears in sacks this year? <laughs> and, and for reference, Jaquan Brisker yeah, led the true. Bears okay. in quarterback sacks last year with – Four, So there okay. probably isn't a wrong answer Yeah, here. That's, that's a great point. And if there is, then really we've got a lot to discuss. But who well, – and mm. then I'll tell you what my answer was.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm going to say mm, – mm, I, I have two people in mind, okay. and I just don't know who's going to get more reps. And so my answer is based off who has more reps between the two of these people, Two, two, two people here. You're writing yours down? All right. Andrew Billings, my first one. Okay, it, 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 just because I feel like he'll just be a big presence and might fall into four. He's a big dude. I by fall the way. into four. Might fall into four or five. But my my the answer I wanted to give, but it's just unlikely because he's a rookie. Is Javon Dexter senior? All right, so who did you say, and what was what was the context around all that?
0: Yeah, no, my it was Danny Parkins. I was filling in for Matt Spiegel, and he was just he wanted to know, uh, hey, who do you think is going to lead the Bears and sacks? And my answer to him was, Jervon Dexter, hey! Jervon Dexter. Hey. And I think the text I immediately received after I said that was, Grody doesn't know anything about football. <laughs> of course, of <laughs> no, course I think like, does he have a long way to go? Probably at this point, because I mean, just watching the OTAs, he's certainly not working with the right. first team yet. But he's like, I think that there's some things like at Florida that kept him from yes. really being the best version of himself. And he is such a physical specimen, too. So, and they're really, again, there's no wrong. And answer. It's, four, it's
1: four sacks. Like, he's going to get a couple. Oh, yeah. He's not going to be double teamed initially so he might right. get two just off that and then as the season progresses you know get, grab a couple more. my
0: my runner up in that category justin jones i think justin jones who did play okay. on the end some okay. last year i think that justin jones is going to have a not a big year but it's very, i think that he will impress some people i'm glad year. that
1: nobody said jaquan brisker again Oh, yeah, you don't want that. Kyler Gordon. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Off the edge. Yeah. (laughs) Nickel blitz. He's going to have
0: five sacks. Kyrie Stevenson leads the Bears in sacks.
1: Oh, let's hope that that Uh, is not the case. Jindal Vildor from the inside. (laughs) Sack number six. Oh,
0: my. (laughs) Jindal
1: Vildor leads the
0: Bears in sacks.
1: (laughs) More more Uh Bears talk uh, on the other side. Uh, What will this running back room look like for the Chicago Bears in terms of uh, who's getting on the field first. Right now in the depth chart, Dante Foreman sitting at one. We'll see if that holds true, and we'll discuss it after this. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's Mark Grody. It's a Friday here in the beautiful city of Chicago. Mm-mm. On Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody, live from 670 The Score and on the Odyssey app. Friday vibes in the studio here. Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody, Double G, the G spot.
0: Yeah, it's
1: eight twenty. We should we, we're we're allowed to we're fine to G spot it up right now.
0: Caesar's like all good. Did did uh, Porth
1: ever mention anything about the G spot while you were while you were out there? No, yesterday?
0: it didn't. No, there was no preemptive. Hey, let's make sure Gabe does not introduce this. <laughs> oh, no, me, I didn't do well, it. Well, no, because you're the one throwing it out to no, us no, no, out no. there. You could have been oh. like, "Here's the other half of the G spot, Mark Grody." <laughs> There's two G spots. What? I didn't know that. <laughs> But we are one collective. One over here, one over there. <laughs> you know what I mean. You know what I mean. So, no, he he was okay. he was not anticipating that, so I think that he's cool it's with very, it. it. It's very sports
1: radio of us to have two guys that start with the names who start oh, yeah. with the letter G and for us to then become the G spot. What can we do with, the, with that? Just like G what, and G. What else are we supposed yeah, to do there? exactly. All right. Uh, what are the Bears supposed to do with their running back, uh, at, with, at their running back position? I I, I thought they did a – what grade would you give the Bears – for the reconstruction of their running back room,
0: talk about right now. Yeah, so like well, this, this off season, like Dante cha- Foreman,
1: changing it from what it was uh-huh. and where it is. What is, what grade do you give that?
0: Oh, okay. I think that I would say, I would say it's probably at about a B, and I, I think it was about a B before. So I don't necessarily, okay. I'm not necessarily, ready to say that the the running backs room is better now because. Even though like David Montgomery, it's not devastating that he left. He was a pretty good running back for the Bears and had yeah. a pretty good tandem with with Khalil Herbert, obviously. So I I do like this year. I mean, I think that Khalil Herbert will be the number one. I think that I mean I love the addition of Dante Foreman for sure. I think he's your number two in terms of rushing yards and the number three, Justin Fields.
1: <laughs> okay. What does the what does the depth chart look like at the end of the season, running backs wise? Yeah, that's to no, start I, of the season. I
0: do believe in I do believe that Justin Fields will be number three. No, I think Khalil Herbert is the top guy still. By the end, I really believe in him. Like I think that you're you're, you're thinking that the depth chart is going to change I'm by more the end so, of the season.
1: I, I should have been clear on yeah. this. Roshan Johnson. And I'm looking at those three guys. Let's leave out Justin Fields.
0: Okay. He's doing running backs. It,
1: right. Is, is Roshan Johnson going to still be number three by the end of the season? Is Dante Foreman going to slip, barring any injury? Or is Dante Foreman going to hold on to that that first spot in the depth chart? You know, like, what is that? Is it going to stay the same? Yeah.
0: Well, I, I think it's Khalil Herbert. I think he's. So you think, think Khalil he, will be I number do. one? I think, I, think, I think, think, isn't it better to look at it as who's going to have the most attempts, rushing attempts this year? Like okay. throughout the whole season. Okay. Or do you want, or are you thinking like it's going to be the Bears are going to go heavy with Dante Foreman early and Roshan, and then Roshan gets clean up at the end of the yes. season? Okay. I, I, think, I see why I, you're bringing I, it up I, that way. I think it
1: could be a situation yeah. where Khalil, or excuse me, Dante Foreman starts the season, game, you know, the first quarter, like Lovey would have called it. And then I think you get a heavy dose of, 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 uh, yeah, I think Roshan comes in at the very end of the season and okay. you know how it is because there's always an injury here and there. And then you see how well the guy can perform, and then all of a sudden it's no longer Dante Former, Khalil Herbert. Dante Former goes down, Khalil Herbert gets the one reps, Roshan gets the number two, and then it's like, oh damn, Roshan's good. We gotta give him the we gotta give him the rock.
0: Right. I mean, if he if he gets early carries and he takes advantage of it, it's gonna be really hard. Not to want to stick with the young guy that you drafted who will be ultimately the cheapest here. You know, Khalil Herbert. When you know, is he a free agent? When is Khalil Herbert a free agent? I think this is his. So he wasn't picked. He's a free agent after this year. 22, 23. So yeah. a two year deal? Cause he, no, he's a four year rookie deal. I think this oh, is so the fourth got, year of his rookie deal, right? Is no, it he was drafted in year? 2021. So this is the third year of his. Okay. Right. Yep. No, that does make sense. So, right. Okay. And, that, and that was part of why, part of why I thought the Bears were going to let David Montgomery go because they had the cheaper under-rookie contract control sixth-round pick pick in his third year. But but the way they were talking about David Montgomery, they wanted to have him back, and that was a Montgomery decision. 129
1: carries for Khalil Herbert last year. Dante Foreman, 203.
0: Very similar. But somebody's going to get... Yeah. I I just think that there is there is still something to for for Khalil Herbert to he's earned it. Like he's he's earned the right to at least be called the the top running back and I know he's not right now but I think he should be. And I think he's earned it and I know like the easy answer to what about the blocking? What about the blocking? Well, that goes back to what we were talking about with Clay Harbour earlier. Mm-hmm. Name me all these great blocking running backs <laughs> in, in the NFL. Are... Like you saying, like you just want your tight end it to catch passes. Yeah. I just want my running back to burst. Can you do a five-yard curl? Awesome. Yeah, you're yeah. on the team. And I know there's some <laughs> devastating moments where yeah. a running back is not going to pick up a guy and your quarterback's going to get hit. But the idea that like we can't have him... Get the most carries because of that. I think is stupid.
1: Is the assumption that Khalil Herbert's going to be averaging similar to his career average, like six over six yards a carry?
0: I think that's a lot to ask. But I mean, that's like why four. they're starting him. That's why they're giving well, him. Yeah, he did. Dante Foreman last yeah. year
1: five yard, five point two yards right, per rush. Right. So you got to be in the fives.
0: I mean, that's setting a pretty high bar. But I think yeah, like four or five. I'm good with like four.
1: Four or five? Isn't it funny how eras are so different? Like, if you told somebody that they were averaging four yards of carry be back be like, in yeah, the 90s, yeah. you'd be like, $50 million. Yeah, <laughs> right. Put them in the pro Bowl. Three ball. yards in <laughs> a cloud of dust
0: got, like, got her done back in the
1: day. I forgot who it, who it was on the Minnesota Vikings. It, he had the funniest quote ever. He's like, he's like, you put me in the game. He goes, you need two yards? I'll get you three. He goes, you need four yards? I'll get you three. <laughs>
0: that's great. Was,
1: that's it, a, was, it, was
0: it Chester Taylor? Yeah. It was like somebody like a bigger guy <laughs> yeah, yeah. that he just came in
1: on third down in the short awesome. short oh, situations. You that's... need two, I got you with three. You need four, <laughs> I got you with three. <laughs> it's like that's the awesome. greatest thing ever. He that, can always
0: get you that. That's great. Uh, no, you're right, man. It is amazing like how much there, because yeah, when I when I was growing up, like the running back was big big course big deal man are you kidding me it was either the um, oftentimes the most revered player on the most important position on the team
1: melvin gordon was just on a podcast that said and he said it is the worst time to be a running back it's the Completely. worst position to play he said right now in 2023 yep, right so you're 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 you know you dedicate your life you're playing high school ball college ball you're the you're the star running backs are the stars at that level at those levels and then you go to you get the nfl and they're like Two year deal, buddy. Here you go, Melvin Gordon, stud. I don't care. Here's here's a one million dollars. It's like, dude, when you look at this team, Grody, this current construct of the Chicago Bears, and you've been around this team for a long time now. Who do you you liken it to another team, or do you feel like it has another Bears team, another Bears team, Hmm. or do you think (laughs) that it is the Bears have finally come into the the new age of football, and they are this new team that. Has never existed before in the history in the franchise history. Oh yeah,
0: I don't think they're they're remaking anything. The the Bears in terms of the how progressive yeah. the offense is and they have had I mean the Bears have had some innuendo into that throughout, like going back to the I'll just keep it recent, but like the Mark Tressman era was supposed to be that was supposed to be the offensive yeah explosion. outside Let, let's show yeah. you what how you could set up uh you know the offense just bombs away. <laughs> And then, unfortunately, the the next guy who was supposed to do that was Matt Nagy. He was Andy Reid. He's coming in, man. He's young Andy Reid. Andy Reid called him the most qualified assistant coach he's ever had. He was going to show you what an offense is all about. And then it didn't happen. So how I, I can't sit here and tell you, based on what I've seen, you know, from this regime and what I've seen historically, and tell you like there's some sort of magic involved in this offense and like. They want it. They all want it. that's why I said that's why I said he's over on the twenty eight hundred yeah. yards because that's what's gonna be the focus. I mean, Luke Getze, as as well as he constructed a running game last year, and we'll hopefully construct a running game well this year, his want is gonna to be to have a throw get the ball downfield <laughs> off. I move mean, fast him and he's and he always his answer is always Everybody would like that. Every quarterback wants that. Every yeah. coach wants that. But that's what they're going to try for. If it fails, you'll start to see some of the stuff you saw last year. But that's the desire anyway, right? Because I think about
1: I, – I try to think about the season, and I'm like like a game flow, right? And I say, okay, Justin Fields, you know, think back to Trubisky when he was with Nagy, and it was like five wide drop back, three straight passes, not one handoff to put yourself in, like, third and manageable. Like, I fear that that is a likely outcome for this year's Chicago Bears if they say, all right, we're slinging it now. We got an offensive line. We got Mm. D.J. Moore. Mm. And then you go to pass on, you know, first down, you try to do a screen. Justin Fields is, you know, throws it, you know, higher than Darnell Mooney's hands. Second down, you try to hit Cole Komet on the out, he drops it. Third down, you try, finally force it to DJ Moore, but they've double teamed them and the ball gets batted down or
0: intercept. Like something like that. I think the difference is is that there is evidence that this regime, unlike the Matt Nagy regime, does care about the running game and has built a running game. Okay. Remember, like when Matt Nagy walked in, he was like, I, I, did did he ever meet Jordan Howard? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. remember Jordan
1: Howard? I love Jordan Howard. Uh, yeah.
0: Jordan Howard, he became a forgotten man. Remember all those press conferences back then? The Bears would win because it was a crazy season because defense. And then at the end it would be like the last three questions were like, So what's going on with the running game? What happened to Jordan Howard? What's going on you know, like Guys, we won?
1: Yeah. We're gonna go back and look at the tape.
0: Right. Right. (laughs) And we would get absolutely nothing out of it. But so but I think that there is evidence that we saw it. We saw it last year. I mean, that's how we started the segment. It was a successful running game, running backs room, even though Justin Fields was the most successful, obviously, runner on the team. So I, I wouldn't worry about that as much with this regime. Like, of course, yeah, passing a lot does not mean being stupid. I think sometimes right. the Matt Nagy offenses were just unreasonable, yes. whether it was Bill Lazor or D. Filippo or whatever. They were unreasonable. And I, And
1: I will say that, you know, one thing we did see last year from coach Eberflus was a lack of bonehead moments from the coach where you saw it point. every point. single week, yes. right?
0: Or even players. Or and players, there, and there were matter. some there were some yeah. boneheaded in, in Minnesota uh, on the yeah. sideline for yeah. a certain wide receiver. <laughs> so uh. you so you see that
1: and then that gives you hope. Yeah. When it comes to decision making and and you know trying to do what's best for your team to get a W. And you know, I think that thing comes into play
0: but yeah, he's no – like, Luke He has no interest in being uh, John Shoup. Do you remember John Shoup? <laughs> Unfortunately, Yeah, yes. like, and John Shoup was the the three yards in a cloud of dust, and the work the rest will work itself out. Like, he was just, like, his, like, passing behind – oh, that was Gary Croton. Gary Croton was the offensive coordinator that would pass behind the line of scrimmage mm. on a consistent basis. It looked neat at first, but it never really worked out. So, yeah, there's been all sorts of problem areas throughout the years. You know. Bears
3: just through another wide receiver screen. I just seen it. Yeah,
0: there it just... is. <laughs> for two yards. Not you even,
1: remember that, even, right? For minus
0: one yard. I yeah. remember the time
1: when like, it seemed like every team in the NFL was killing the Bears with slants and wide receiver screens. And for some odd reason, the Bears could not throw one or a slant. For the life of them,
2: it
0: just didn't work out that way. It was generally, the Green Bay Packers running those screens against yeah. the Bears too. Whatever running back like, manifestation the Packers had, it was like, well, there's a thirty yard screen, and let's I see know. if the Bears can do it. Don't oh, fumble.
1: Oh, their wide receivers, the wide receivers locked up both cornerbacks yeah. for the Bears, and this is a wide open hole. Totally, the Bears do it, five yard loss. Yep, yeah, five yard loss. <laughs> like, and the, hell the is quarterback this? is hurt. And uh, My <laughs> other favorite thing that I, I saw a lot for like a decade with the Chicago Bears was like, oh, it's third and eight. Six-yard completions. Oh,
0: oh, Like, that used to piss me off so much. That
1: was the Shoup thing.
0: Shoup was famous for that. Yes, third and eight throws. And his rationale, I think, usually was they're playmakers. We want them to make plays, (laughs) which I guess sounds kind of good at first. But by the sixth time you don't convert on that, then (laughs) that's on hollow ears. I I
1: do remember yelling at the TV and being
0: like, just throw the ball throw down
1: the, ball. the field. No, just, not another four-yard no. pass. Like 30, what are you doing? Punting. It's, it's
0: very stressful from a fan's perspective, too, when that happens. Because then it's like a roller coaster. It's like, okay, he yeah. caught the ball three yards shy. Is he going to get it? Is it going to be? No. no.
1: Another, three yeah. in, another three and out. Giving yeah. the ball back again. They just scored the last three possessions. Oh. And giving the ball back to him. Croton. Let your defense do their job. No, let your offense do your job,
0: please. Soup. Man. It's a great. Uh, through the years. Uh, Ron Turner. Ron Turner, another – actually, Ron Turner, two two tours of duty with the Bears as offensive coordinator. Yeah. I think the second time – he was he on – I think he was a Jay Cutler. He was one of the Jay Cutler victims his second time around. But mm. I think – I will give
3: it – Ron Turner – Wanted
0: to throw, I think, but I don't think it worked like with many, but he he wanted it, just couldn't do it.
3: Was Turner the uh, coordinator of Marcus Robinson had that 1,000 yard season? Could have been. Big yeah, that mm. might have been.
0: Yeah, I remember the Bears having some success on Ron Turner's watch, you know, before. Because then they have 2,000 yard receivers that year where it was Marty Booker and. Marcus Robinson, uh, man, was it? Because I remember. That, I uh, mean, there was the there was the Brandon Marshall, Alshon Jeffrey dueling one thousand yard seasons, and I thought that that was one of the first ones, like in way. Maybe you're right. Maybe it was Marty Booker. Marty Booker. I remember when Bears got Marty Booker, and I'm I'm a kid at this point. I just remember my dad being so hyped up, and me just being like, Marty Booker. You love Marty Booker, <laughs> huh? idiot. No, Marty Booker was terrific. I, I mean, he was like. The the good kid in the class with a bunch of you know bad kids. He stood out. Two thousand one,
1: two thousand two, thousand yard seasons for Marty Booker.
3: The one thing I loved about Marty Booker was he never wore gloves, and his hands looked so huge. Yeah, yeah. he did have big hands. Huge.
0: I don't. Yeah, I remember being at several games as a fan in the Marty Booker era, and for some reason, when the announcer would say his name, there was just something strong about him. Mm. Marty Booker, eight yards. Catch made by Marty Booker. It was strong. The only stronger PA name in my life has been maybe some of you have heard this, Ramon Sessions. Remember uh, Ramon Sessions? I remember him. For some reason, being at the United Center and one of those moments at the UC where it's so quiet. Because the UC could as loud as that place gets, it could be so quiet at times that just about anything. Can bust through it. So you hear the PA guy. And for some reason, Ramon Sessions of the Washington Wizards, like in the early 2000s, just was making every shot. And all I heard was Ramon Sessions. (laughs) Ramon Sessions. Dribble, dribble, dribble. Ramon Sessions. And I was scary. I was scared. Marty Booker. Marty Booker. Like I said, had
1: two 2,000-yard seasons. One was in 2001, one was in 2002. Marcus Robinson, 1999. Oh, so they both had thousand yard seasons in 1999. No, no, no. So in 99, Marty Booker was playing his first season with the Bears, and he Marty Booker only had like 200 yards. They only played in nine games. Jesus but Marcus Christ. Robinson had that one year in 1999 where he had 1400 yards. Damn.
3: I think Marty Booker had a couple hundred catch years. Yeah,
1: one 100. That that the first one in 2001, he had 100 catches because I remember that was a big deal for the Bears. Oh yeah. And then in uh, the year after that, 97. So close. Who was the Bears quarterback in 1999? Who th- Jim oh, Miller? Who threw for the most yards, I should say, of
0: the quarterbacks it, for the Chicago Bears? It was not. Was it Jim Miller? Jim Miller was third. He was third string that year, 1999. 99. Was it uh Oh, it was was a Keep c- going. Kyle Oh, different
1: c- uh Cade <laughs> Cade <laughs> McNown? <laughs> what? Was number 2. Oh my god. 1465 yeah. and the,
0: the leading Gary Kramer
1: no. no. 1999 Shane Matthews. Shane Matthews. Oh my god. Shane Matthews, K McNown and Jim Miller combined right. for 4300 yards of passing. Bears didn't have a four thousand yard passer, but they had
0: a four thousand yard passing season. Right, and they had to make up for K McDowell, who was a bust, And Yeah, it shouldn't. It, the, the depth chart should never have had to shape up like that, but where it did, did. Where did he go to Notre Dame? Where Kay did he go? Yeah, he was at UCLA, I think. UCLA, yeah, guy. pretty sure UCLA came in lefty, lefty quarterback, oh, and just man. was cocky as all hell. I wasn't covering, but I was paying very close attention. Cocky kid who nobody in the locker room liked, including the. I don't think the coaches even liked. I think it was Wani, right? Was it Wani? Yeah, that would have been Wani. That would have been Wani. if to okay. ask Wani about Cade McDown sometime. I'm sure they have. I'm sure there's some good Wani audio on Cade
3: McDown.
1: 99 Dick Duran. Oh, it was? Yeah. 99 Dick Duran. Okay.
3: So right. bears, by the way, three quarterbacks to get to 4,000 yards there. Hey,
1: Hey, hey,
3: hey. Shout, them, shout out
1: to three quarterbacks. Next time I see Jim Miller on Fox, I'm going to tell him.
0: Hey, man. J- hey, Jim Miller had, I think he's, my, man, this might be unprecedented at this point, too. Did he have two? I know Jim Miller has had a four hundred yard game in a Bears uniform. Might even have had a couple. Okay, but in which might be a record. Jim Miller was good. He was Jim just Jim Miller was really. He good. was just not. His body was just not built for football. Yeah, that, like seriously, no. like he just he broke. I so, see. You know, he, he uh, yeah,
1: yeah. I don't want to talk about what,
0: what I see when I see him around the sta- station, but you know, he's he's he's, he's a big dude. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, big, he's a tall guy. Right. Well, remember he got in trouble. At one point in time, for taking a like some GNC product that he didn't know that. Oh really? Yeah, he did. He so he he took something and he you know he said it was an accident. He talked to the media about it like he was very upfront. He made jokes about himself. He's like, "You taught you kidding me? Like with this body, you think I'm taking stuff like that?" I think <laughs> it was crazy. the one time when an athlete said that they didn't know what they put into their body. Like I know this sounds naive, but I think I believed him. I think I believed. Jim I Miller. believe him too. I like. I don't think he was trying to get an edge, necessarily. I'll
1: tell you something. Going through this, these Bears rosters from back in the day, it, it takes you to a dark place, man.
0: I know. Well, that's why I say like it's okay to call Alshon Jeffrey a great Bears wide receiver. Brandon Marshall is a great Bears wide receiver. Um, Allen. Williams is a great Bears wide receiver.
1: Yeah, it's, it's
0: because there's not much of a yeah. I get you.
1: Saying. I'm depressed now, ladies and gentlemen, and we're gonna go to we're gonna take a moment so I can compose myself because I'm looking at Chad or Chad Hutchinson stats. Oh. Oh. <laughs> so I like, it's too deep okay, right now. I, I'm in too deep. Hey. I am the I am the submersible thing trying to look at the Titanic down there. <laughs> <laughs> See? Shouldn't do that. All right, it's Gabe Alan Ramirez. Robinson. What did I say? He said Alan Williams. What was I saying? Sometimes I just
0: let it go. You got to let those yeah. things go, you know? But self correcting, I like that. That's awesome, Girl. Chad Hutchinson, though. I was very excited about Chad Hutchinson. <laughs> like, understand. if you go back and look at his first game or two, it was good. And then he was bad. <laughs> like most Bears quarterbacks. And he played baseball, too. All right,
1: we wrap up this whole thing after this. It's Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody on a Friday here on 670, The score. Mark ho nice uh, Oh you like that one you didn't like the the, the stupid nickname I gave you and Berg's yesterday. What was it again yesterday? Berg Grotimi.
0: Oh well it just did not flow. Berg you, you even stu-
1: me I mean that's like uh, that's
0: it's, it's, You stumbled Caesar through it. Caesar one out
1: of ten. I did stumble through it. You're right. Alyssa Bergamini, Mark Grody. you put them together, Berg Grotimi.
3: <laughs> what about Grodemini?
1: Damn, that's why you're the that's producer. so good. Grotamini is. Damn, I'm mad I didn't call I am that. writing that one.
0: You know, I like to write stuff down over here. Just text her. A... Grotamini. Grotamini. Is. Grotamini. Grotamini. Is, she... is the Sox game over? Damn it. No, it's not. I'm going to say we can we could check in with Alyssa, who just checks in Damn periodically, it. you know. Cesar Perez. You, you admit that that's bad. I hate to that's, say it. That's no, that's a, there's no need for me. To, I've already no, forgotten you. Nobody yours. needs to admit it. <laughs> yeah, Everyone yeah. just knows yeah, that yeah. that's
1: significantly better than the stupid name I came up with. <laughs>
0: It'd be like saying, all right, we're going to do a combination of Grody and Ramirez. It's going to be R- uh, Ramirez uh, Grody."
1: <laughs> I was being too, too uh, You're much trying to more... be too clever. Hey,
0: hey, hey, here's something I hate when people say to me, but I'm going to say it to you, Gabe. Okay. You're better than that, man. Oh, damn.
1: You're better than that. That makes me feel like crap. Isn't it?
0: But but it it also means that I've set the bar high for you. Okay. But it's also a, a, be, a way to to a softer way of criticizing somebody.
1: At least you're not like doing, taking the parental route and being like, I'm disappointed in you.
0: Ooh, yeah.
1: What am I supposed to do? You're supposed to say burger teamy? Bur- I'm disappointed in you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> My mom's big one was like if we we're in trouble, it'd be like it was like when I'm a kid. She'd be like, "How am I supposed to ever trust you again?" (sighs) Like, like, what am I? Like, she didn't want like, and she she only said it once. She she didn't want. Of course, she wanted the apology, and like, that's all I was trying to get. I was trying to get out of my room, you know, whatever I got to say. Yeah. But her thing was like, "Well, going forward, Mm -hmm. because I want to trust you. You know, you're going to be around in this house for a long time." Mm. Yeah.
1: And let me guess, you looked her right in the eye and you said, "You can't."
0: Yeah,
3: right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you we can. should probably just stop talking, mom, yeah. cuz you cannot trust me. Caesar, you got a you got one kid or two kids?
3: I have a 5 and a 9 year old.
1: 5 and a 9 year old. Yeah. Ones. What's like your what's cuz cuz what I've learned, you know, my do- my oldest is 3 and she's already like doing things that I say. So like what are some things your kids tell you like how do they how are they a mirror for you? Like what are you saying to your kids that you realize you say it to them because they say it back to you if anything?
3: Well, I will say this, uh, Grody talking about what his mom used to say to him, I'm realizing when my 9-year-old, I used to be able to do the, you know, time to leave for the parking, we'll leave, and the old, oh, well, I'm leaving without you thing. Nowadays, oh. my 9-year-old's just like, go ahead and leave. I'm chilling here, you know, so that just <laughs> doesn't work anymore, you know? That's so, great. Because you know, I definitely pull that on my two young
1: daughters, and that always works. So it's heartbreaking to know that there's a time where that'll just have turn, an expiration date. To, oh, to. Yeah.
0: to turn the car around?
1: No, no, no. Yeah. The, the All right, ladies all right, I'm going to leave without you.
2: And then, so what I
1: do is, actually what I do is, because, you know, they're both breastfed and they still breastfeed. So they're they're like really up on their mom. So I'm always like, babe, just leave. And then I'll stick around to like make sure they follow you properly. But if mom leaves and it's like, Wait, mom, don't go. So that's that's my go-to oh, move man. right there. I yeah, just make I,
3: my 9 year olds really been calling my bluff lately, and I'm not liking it. Smack him. No, I'm just play. <laughs> <laughs> just play. Get the get the get the correa,
1: <laughs> the little belt. Be like, you want a cocotazo? That's what you got to do. I'm not. i Hey, I'm tired of lying to you and saying that we're leaving. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you better go. So now we gotta hit you with the realness. I did the one that worked on me. Still, I guess it's episodic memory because I was probably like nine or ten, and my mm. dad we're like going to driving to Florida, yeah. in a station wagon. Me and, okay. and like the fan, five of us. They got I have two brothers, and okay. we we just fought like crazy. Sure, you know that's I met you your did. brother. Yeah, well, yeah, it's one. Yeah, right. So there's three of us, and we're, we just like run amok back there in the seats and jumping around. And my dad, the most mild mannered man you will ever meet. Was finally had had it and di- pulled onto the shoulder and said, Whoop that ass!" Oh. Yeah, oh no, he's like, "That's it." He's like, "We're turning this car around." He pulled on the shoulder, he gets back on the highway, starts to head towards the exit. And all if three you're crying. Of us were all, totally. We're like, "Oh, well, sorry, <laughs> sorry, sorry!" And then we were so quiet for like the next seven hours. I was like, "But he didn't, though." No, he didn't. Oh, okay, but but he God. really he made a real move. Like it was like, oh, this uh-huh. is not this is not a bluff. Because I think we called oh, this bluff in the past.
1: Now, now that we're on this, yeah. we got a couple minutes. It's Friday, it's eight fifty-one. We could do this. Yeah. What um, you know, I struggle, Caesar. You have two kids. I have two kids, and Grotty, you're a product of three. I guess I have three. I have three. I have two siblings as well. Yeah, I got two bros. I was gonna say, uh, cause like my wife wants a third bad, and I'm like, bro, I'm 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 done. Like I'm really tapped out on children. I'm just like, I finally got a little bit of freedom. It's taking me three years to get to this place. I don't want to have another kid and wait some more and then have a crazy household. And I've ran into some people that are just like, just do it. You're already in the, you know, stuff. You might as well just be there. So I guess my question to you is as a, as a household with three, did you feel like that was a lot?
0: That's probably a better question for my for parents? I will tell you this. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll say this, that my, I can't imagine we were, we were very easy, but my mom did say that, and she of course admitted that, sure, she would have, at, a girl would have been nice, yeah. three, three boys, like, of course, human nature, they probably, we always kid my younger brother, Brian, that you were supposed to be a girl, you're a disappointment to this
1: family. <laughs> How am I ever supposed to trust you? Right, right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How am I ever supposed to trust you again? Okay, okay. Um, so, what was the original Three, three, three kids, the reason I, oh, on vacation. Oh, the three kids, yeah, so... My mom the one thing that my mom did say was it relative to the girl thing was she was like, You know what? Raising three boys probably was a lot easier oh, than yeah. raising three girls. Oh yeah. That's <laughs> what she admitted. I'm not saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My mom, a woman no, 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 said man. that a woman said that.
1: Yeah. I will say that, you know, the two girls is pretty smooth right now, but people always tell me that just wait till they get in like uh, to their tween oh, and yeah. teen years and then it's gonna be back. Right. Caesar, why not three? Quickly.
3: Being outnumbered is not a good thing. Two and two. We could play zone defense right now, you know?
1: (laughs) No, you play man-to-man now. You don't want to play zone.
3: Caesars, if
0: you wrote a book about fathering, at this point I
3: would buy it because you've been on fire. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's great to hear you talking about you and your brother's fighting because I swear my two.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, it got like we never punched in the face, but everything else was and on the table. The stupidest yeah. thing. Always I about swear. the stupidest. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. All oh, the dumbest things. And it would be to the to the death, basically, or until until <laughs> the, the mom or dad that. came in and just picked one of us up. All
1: right. I got to thank our guest today, Mark Shanowski, for hanging out with us. Great stuff. Make sure you check out his podcast give me the hot sauce on YouTube so you can see it visually. i got to thank Cesar Perez today for producing a phenomenal show. And Groats, it's always a pleasure, man. Always fun, dude. Love
0: love our Fridays. Yeah.
1: Yes. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the G-Spot.
0: Yeah.
1: It's should. Gabe Ramirez. It's Mark Grody, mi gente. Hasta la próxima! Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Ah. <sighs>